My next guest is a media executive. Please welcome Clarence Esses. Clarence, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Hey, doing all right, man. Thanks for coming on to the uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Look forward to it. All right. So let's jump right into it. What do you do? I'm in marketing and advertising. I'm a partner in a firm here in Houston called U Squared Media. Okay. So U Squared Media, what type of media is the company working with? Sure. I can actually just define us a little bit better to kind of mm-hmm. help help that question. We are a full service marketing and advertising agency. Full service just simply meaning that we work with our clients from, from start to beginning. We're able to work with our clients from website designs to website maintenance. So that's SEO, SEM, full design. Graphic designers, I have graphic design in-house, social media management, local SEO, brand reputation management, team leaders that are over each of my accounts that work under myself and my business partner. And then we're also able to handle traditional media advertising buying. So traditional buying in a sense of buying TV, radio, print, cable, billboard. And then we're able to also work with our clients with full production of of those commercials. So script writing, uh, television, commercial production, voiceover production, and on. Wow. All right. And then for you being a partner over marketing and advertising, seems like you would be wearing a lot of hats, you know, overseeing, I guess, operations and management and dealing with a variety of different people based on all that you said. So what does that look like? What exactly are you doing? Well, you have a couple of days. Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm the hat master. Uh, you know, I can't remember the book and, and I kind of jotted this down when, when I know I was going to talk to you. I read it somewhere and I can't remember where I read it, but that some of the best bosses, some of the best business owners will typically know the job responsibility of every employee that's in their office. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've taken it on myself uh, as I've grown over time that I knew TV, I knew radio, but I wanted and a new general traditional marketing, but I needed to learn all of the other assets. And I've done a great job of always trying to hire people that honestly is better than me in some of those skill sets, but I needed to learn those skill sets myself to make sure I, so I can understand who, who is who. And so I know website designs myself. I know graphic designs. I know social media. I know local SEO. I know how to do TV production. I understand the camera angles. I understand the production terms. And I understand script writing. You name it, I understand it. And so down to my working with my bookkeepers in accounting. And, and I, I wear a lot of hats. I def, definitely do. Mm. All right. And now... Now, mentioning all that, the TV, radio, website, social media, et cetera, where are things trending? So you've been in the business for a few years years now, right? Okay, you're right. So over that time, I know that things have changed a lot. So what has that been like for you and how have you been able to transition in that change? Sure, sure. One of the things that I've seen that was coming was that digital has become a bigger deal than what I think a lot of people thought was going to be from an advertising standpoint. When I first started in this business, traditional media advertising was, is what ruled the world, radio, TV, and billboards. Mm-hmm. If you actually think about the way that people used to 
market in the past, if you were a small business owner and you owned a brick and mortar, if you wanted to advertise, you went down to the local newspaper, radio station and TV station, you placed an ad and waited till people came running to your door. Well, if you always quantify what you're doing with that, you're marketing to where the people are. And if they're on watching TV and they're picking up the newspaper and they're listening to radio, then you just market to them right there. But as we've grown, if you look, everybody is finding their medium in a different way now. It may be a laptop, cell phone, on demand through their television, and they're finding different methods. And then the platforms within each of those mediums are all changing. So instead of watching television, even from a stream device, which was a couple of years ago, you can now watch it through different host platforms like Hulu, where you just literally pick the show that you want to watch. Um, and, and so there's different ways and methods of going about it. And then social media really changed the game, social media, like Facebook and, and, and so forth. And then you had things like TikTok. and that's, it's, mm-hmm. it's changing the way that we reach people. And so one of the things that we did years ago in order for us to be, become one of the more, actually we did become one of the top agencies in the market, but one of the things we did a few years back, um, was to be more competitive is that we changed the direction of our agency to, to not focus on traditional so much and focus on digital. And, mm. and I can almost put pinpoint back to a year that we sat down and said, if we want to be better, we need to focus on digital now before the other agencies do. Okay. So you're focusing on digital. And then now with that though, how are you doing the research or how do you understand and engage your target audience on digital? Sure. And so, you know, it's a, the question that you asked actually has several different answers to it, depending on which direction you're going. But I'm going to kind of answer it fairly general because there's a, a mm-hmm. lot of different directions you can go with that. As an ad agency, we work for the client. And so one of the things I did want to mention before we go too much further is that our verticals, we work with clients in the restaurant vertical, medical, financial, HVAC, insurance, oil and gas, nonprofit. Restaurant. Okay. Restaurant and medical are probably our two biggest, and then HVAC has is, is become our next biggest in our, in our agency. When we're working with our clients, we have to, first of all, understand our clients' demographics, understanding who's calling them on a regular basis. Once the call is being determined at home, who is making the decision that they need a product? How do they go about researching that product? Why do they need the product? And there's a number of questions and answers that you come up with from those questions. And I'll give you a very easy example. You have kids. I have I have kids. If you needed something for your son, is it typically you that researches it for, let's say, for school clothes or is it your wife? Once that decision is made, who actually starts to do the research online? Is it made on your desktop? Is it made on your mobile? Are you looking it up by keywords? Are you looking it up by stores near you that you're familiar with? on and on and on and on and on. If it goes from a decision from your son to something about the house, if your wife made the decisions about the clothes, does she come to you about the questions about a home and then you do the research? And so some of that is very stereotypical of what we've always thought, but when you then jump into the analytical data of a lot of this research, you just start to find out what you thought used to be that the wife would look at clothes for their kids. It may now be the husband looks for clothes for the kids. And so when you're looking for all this research data on what's, what's trending in the market, 
how these things are being placed. We combine those with who the client is actually seeing, who's actually walking in the door, who's actually paying. And you combine those two data points to try to meet in the middle to ultimately come up with what does your client look like? Once you figure out what your client looks like, then you start to determine the medium that actually fits that best profile. I hope that made sense. But that does. That does. That was a great explanation. Thank you. Okay. And, and so we have to actually continue to rely on a lot of research because things are changing. If you literally just go from your gut, you could be very wrong. And it, your gut could be based off of the way that you were raised 20, 30 years ago that, hey, mom made the decisions. Dad never even picked up, never took me school shopping. Well, you know, this is 2020. It could have changed. You know, there's a lot more mothers that are, are working moms now. And there's a lot of dads that are staying home that fathers. And so you have to rely on these updates in order for you to make the right marketing decision. Because you can make a wrong marketing decision and cost yourself thousands of wasted dollars. Mm. No, that makes sense. Okay. Wow. All right. And so, so now what does a typical day for you look like? Uh, I guess great. pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Right. Because right. uh, actually post-COVID has is, is definitely changed the way that my day runs. But <laughs> pre-COVID, I would say, you know, I'd start off any day very similar with taking a look at my notes that I had from the previous day when I wrapped up to kind of get my mind wrapped around my upcoming day, jot down any new notes. My father always told me that write it down to give yourself a chance to forget so you can focus on other things. And then from there, I check all my emails, figure out what client needs, make sure there's no fires I need to put out. Being a partner of the agency, you want to work on marketing and advertising, but there's a lot of days I'm focusing on operations. And so it is a balancing act. But then from there, it's usually follow-ups with my team leaders on what's going on for the day, who you focusing on, make sure that the team is moving forward. And then from there, if I'm needed with any specific team or client, I put myself in that space. Okay. And you're done around like five, six o'clock, or is it later at night when you're done? Uh, so I've tried to create balance because as my wife has told me, sometimes I'm a workaholic. <laughs> So I've tried to create a little bit more balance that, you know, I try my best to keep the majority of work between Monday through Friday, nine to five and anything that goes outside of that, then it, it needs to be very specific to a client that needs to get done within a time frame. Sometimes if there is nothing going on at home, I may open a laptop which has been a lot recently, uh, especially on a weekend that uh, I'll try to get ahead of some things in order for the team leaders to have what they need to be able to work the next day. Okay. And is there any dinners or anything with clients that are also a part of it? Well? You know, I don't, I don't do dinners as often. Okay. Uh, I can get more done through a strategic meeting and now with COVID, a strategic video conference. And right. so, I love still going out with clients, having a drink and eating some dinner and, or lunch or whatnot. And, and I think that's still a very large part in doing business, which is nothing beats looking someone in the eye and, and having a good laugh and talking about family and, and other things outside of just business. Right. But when we're focused on the business aspect of it, then then no, I don't need have to. Not at all. Right. OK, that makes sense. So with your role being a partner of your agency, I'm thinking, you know, you need leadership skills, flexibility, interpersonal skills, negotiation skills, marketing skills, et cetera. So many skills, as we talked about, all the different hats that you have to wear. So what skills and characteristics do you think are most important to be successful in your field? Uh, for me or the person I would be looking for? 
I guess person you you'll be looking for. Yeah, so that's a you know it's it's a tough industry to do what I do uh, because as a full service agency, I wear a lot of hats, and so I've you know I went through a lot of bumps to get where I am today to learn you know what not to do. You know, you've heard the saying that sometimes you, some of your the things that you've learned best comes from the uh, previous f- failures and mm-hmm. you learn more f- from a failure. And for me, if you learn from a failure, then it really wasn't a failure. It was a learning lesson. Um, and so skill set wise, um, I would say, number one, for me, it's always being creative. Because ultimately, you can have someone that's the best writer. You can always hire a writer. You can always hire a designer. You can always hire certain people to do certain skill sets. But you can't you can't develop someone to be creative. You have to kind of naturally be creative. And so that's probably the one piece and skill set I would say out of most people that I'm looking for when I'm hiring. And even that I could point to myself is that you have to be creative. You have to be willing to mentally think outside of the box and understand that, yes, yeah, sometimes you'll be pulled back into the box based off of whatever client you may work with. But you still have to be creative. You have to have that creative bone to be able to, to move forward. Now, from a business standpoint, I focus on people based off of the positions I'm hired for. So sometimes my team leaders, I'm looking for better writers because I need to make sure the content that's going out is always up to point. As far as my designers, I'm looking for a certain uh, skill set from design versus layouts. For my website designers, sometimes I'm looking for a front-end designer versus a back-end designer. Mm. Um, for some of my interns that work with the team leaders, sometimes we're looking for a skill set that complements our team leaders. And so if someone's a, a, a really good writer, but maybe needs a little bit more help from the creative end, tying in some of their designs to their content, then I'm looking for somebody that's ultimately uh, strives in, in creativeness. And so that way I could then team them up with that certain team member. And so I break the skill sets down when when I'm looking at certain individuals based off of team leaders and who I already have in the office. But it, I would say that out of everything that we do, the one that I keep circling back to is, is that creative bone. Nice. Yeah. OK. Being creative. Now, you mentioned that you've been in the industry for uh, 15 years. Can you talk a little bit about the steps you took to get to where you are being a partner of your firm? Ah, well, sure. Um, so I would say I was blessed with an opportunity to, to have a mentor, first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one told me I needed a mentor. I, my father was in the industry, not in this industry. He was he's, he's a businessman and he was kind of my first mentor. And watching the way that he worked, I knew I needed someone in this industry that had already gone through a lot of bumps and bruises that I that could help me. And I found that gentleman, his name is Stephen Nair. I tell people about him all the time because he's been a great asset to me. He's been my mentor since day one in the marketing field. And I go to him all the time about different action items. But through me meeting him, we would talk business all the time. He would tell me the type of accounts I wanted to go after. He would talk to me about working with the other ad agencies. And I started first in radio, working for Clear Channel Radio that's now called iHeartRadio. And knowing that he knew someone that was in, in the agency side of business that he knew that I knew. And so we introduced each other. I, I, and, and I got to know uh, his name is Keith Cohen. 
is his agency was CNM marketing. They're no longer around that. He's now independent, but I got to see what he did. And when I saw what he did before I really got into radio, I knew that was literally my calling. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to own my own business one day and have an advertising agency. So Mm -hmm. from there, me working in radio, I literally worked to learn. I worked in radio where I learned everything they did. Um, I I didn't have to be up there a lot of times, but I'd be in the booth with a lot of the radio hosts. So working for Clear Channel, I got a chance to get to know Charlie Pillow extremely well. Um, Matt Thomas, uh, Carl Dukes, who's not in this market anymore. He's over in Atlanta. Michael Berry, Rod over at 94.5, Teresa over at 94.5 The Buzz all these guys and what what you would see with all these different personalities is everybody's different everybody has their own niche everybody was great for their demographics and that demographics ultimately shaped the way that we move marketing and that when you created a radio spot you could change the inflection the music and you could change the direction of your entire commercial based off of that and so understanding that i learned and learned and learned from there, I had an opportunity. I was recruited by the work for the Astros. Uh, our radio station, 740, is radio partner for the Astros, and they recruited me from there. I uh, had a chance to work under some really good people. Jamie Hildress was one of those. He passed away uh, 2017, same year they won the World Series. But he was one of the longest executives of the, of the Astros. The only person that had been there a year longer than him was Milo Hamilton. Oh. Uh, and... I learned and learned and learned and learned and learned from them. Now, I didn't do I didn't strive as well when I was over there at the Astros, but I learned a lot from them. And the reason that's a big deal is because I took all of those combined it with some other efforts that I did. And we opened up the ad, ad agency. Tracy Kleckler, my business partner, uh, she's awesome. Uh, she spent years in TV. I spent most of mine in sports and radio. We combined our efforts and we built the agency. Everything that we did not know, we've learned over that time. And we truly have taken agency to where we've been recognized as one of the top agencies for the last three years. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a great story. I love especially the part about having a mentor and just how important that is. So having that mentor help you through the process and and telling you some of the bumps and roads that he's gone through and then just learning from all those experiences that you had along the road to help you to be a successful media exec or or partner that you are now. Thank you. Thank you. I've actually tried to try to give back uh, as much as I can. Uh, Someone put themselves out there for me and I definitely have tried, but the one thing that I would always tell any young person when I've had that young person come to me is that I can't do anything for you. You have to want to do this. Now, if you come to me, I'll provide you as much as I possibly can, but you have to want to do this. Cause I can remember, I can remember Steve telling me, he said, look, you will eat Roman noodles before you ever eat steak in this business. And he said, cause you have to work in, in this business to get where you need to first. He said, but once you get there, you will eat well. But he said, but you will eat Roman noodles before you eat steak. It's funny, a couple of years ago, after we were up for one of our, our awards, I took him out for a steak dinner. Uh, and and he didn't remember that conversation. And I said, you know why well, I said I wanted to take you for a steak dinner? And I told him that same story that he had told me. 
He said, I forgot about that. And I said, yeah. I said, I want you to take you for that steak dinner because I said, the steak's pretty good now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you squared, how old is the company? Uh, we opened in 2010. 2010. Okay. We opened in 2010. And then, uh, Go ahead. Oh, and then how many... How many years would you say you were eating ramen noodles or how many years were you kind of struggling <laughs> before it kind of turned around? Well, you know, I had some I had I definitely had some wins in radio. Um, we did well. I did extremely well in radio, actually. And so probably about a year and a half. It was it was pretty tough. It was, it was definitely an uphill. It, I was walking uphill both ways uh in radio and and it was a little tough but made it through and really started to benefit from it and so then going to work for the astros i did well and and starting the business any business you start i don't care what product it is you're you're typically going to be upside down when you first open your business and so it's always tough out of the gates and it was tough but you know we we worked smart and, and did a lot of the right things and so i'd say probably probably two years Two okay. years, we, two years where where we we kept our salaries as low as possible. We kept our minimums, everything we did as low as possible. It really just understood that we're doing this for the long run. And any loss that we have right now, it's not about right now. Mm. Nice. And, and in those two years, was there ever a point where you kind of thought to yourself, am I doing the right thing? <laughs> uh, that, that was probably every other day. Uh, <laughs> That's probably every other day, but you know, I, I knew I was in a space that ultimately, a couple different things. I was in a space that I was doing what I wanted to do, mm. um, and we all have heard that saying that if you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. um, and I enjoy what I do, and ultimately, I knew if I enjoy what I do, I trust my business partner, and. I'm in a good space mentally that I just, I'll be there. I'll be there soon enough, but it was just going to take a little bit more work. And, and that's what, you know, I've, I, I've been blessed. Yeah. You know, I don't want this to turn spiritual, but I've been blessed. And so I always say that it's a lot of hard work and a little luck and a few blessings. So. Yeah. Great. Well, no, that's a common denominators. Uh, two common denominators I've seen with a lot of uh, people that are successful in what they're doing is one they took a risk. They took a risk to, to get to where they are. And the other is they're doing something they're passionate about. A lot of times you see when people are doing something they're passionate about, you know, and success is, is defined by different people. But in general, they become successful when they're doing something you're passionate about. I, I see. I agree. Yeah. You know, I want I do want to give a shout out, you know, because my wife is a huge part of that as well. It wasn't blind faith. My wife is uh, an, an engineer for Centerpoint Energy, and so we understood where she was, and she actually could have had some other opportunities. But I asked her, I said, I want, I'm where I'm going to be. I said, give me some time, and, and we knew where she was. And so we were able to think about it from a house standpoint, living off of one income. We weren't living off of one income, but if you have that mindset of, of Everything that we have from a house and whatever was purchased based off of one income. That way, if yeah. that second income disappeared because of us risking to try to try to live for the future, that it wouldn't hurt us in a house in our household. And so, you know, it, it took my wife saying, OK, I'm I'm OK where I'm at. And, and yes, I could go do this or that. But let's stay here. and I'm going to let you 
go get that apple. And so, uh, and so shout out to my wife for that one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's, you know, smart way to go about it and, and definitely shout out to your wife in that. Now, so tell me what you love about what you do. Oh man, I, this is, I love a lot of things what I do, but I honestly, I love TV production. And so one of the things I mentioned earlier is that we work with our clients from a creative standpoint. And I found a group here in Houston that we've partnered with for the last 10 years, Moffitt Productions, owned by Chris Warren and his brother. His sister's also part of it as well. But Chris is the head of their company. Chris took it over from their father. Father uh, was one of the most productive productions TV studios here in Houston for over 30 years. He passed away actually a couple of years ago, but he was able to see his sons take over the business. And, and they actually just recently built a, a production studio, full production studio out in Tomball. They are my main TV production partner that does over 80% of all of our TV commercials mm. uh, and beautiful studio and so forth. But Chris, he, he understands. I believe he sees the creative bone in me, but he, he gives in a little bit. He, he knows I love being over there behind the camera, watching the edits and playing producer. And that's that's what I love the most is actually creating something from nothing and watching it come to life. Uh, okay. we've, done that, we've done that a number of times now that one, I'm a huge sports fan. The Texans are one of my favorites. So we have an actual client that is a uh, official sponsor of the Texans. And so when we create their commercials, we get an opportunity for those commercials to run in the Texans games. Ah. And so watching what you've created on paper come to life and then watch it in between one of your favorite teams. It's awesome. There's nothing like it. It's always my favorite moment. I love when I watch it at home, but then every now and then I'll go to a sports bar and I'll watch mm. the game from the sports bar and to see that same commercial come on right there and why everybody watching it. That's, that's a, it's a cool feeling. That's me. That's me. Yeah. It's great. That's see, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> last year, all hard work. yeah I, last year I actually got a chance to put my daughter in, in a commercial finally. Oh, wow. Uh, and so she's in one that actually we didn't redo a commercial this year. So uh, when the Texans start, oh, you know, that's right. They cancel preseason. So we have to see. We have to see. It, it, it was scheduled to actually run all preseason, um, but we'll see. It, it's supposed. To, we should be seeing the commercial more uh, during this upcoming year, but we have to see. Nice. All right. I'll take a look out for that. That's great. <laughs> all right. Now, what about on the flip side? What type of challenges are out there for you or obstacles Ooh. or anything to keep you up at night? Uh, the ever so changing environment, keeping up with the Joneses. The world is changing at hyperspeeds. The example I gave you earlier that the way that we used to buy advertising has completely changed. If you were a brick and mortar back in the day, you simply went and bought marketing from your local TV, radio and, and newspaper guy and, and business came to your door. It's changed. We've been able to keep up with it, knowing that we can target people through digital marketing and so forth. But that digital platform that digital arena is changing at hyperspeeds mm. i can learn it on fully understand it develop commercials for it have an active campaign and six months later there are new platforms that are coming out that is taking everyone's attention and totally uh. moving the way that we do things and so it's changing what keeps me up at night is when there's something else new 
and we haven't been able to get to it fast enough. Wow, yeah, that's got to be challenging. You're trying to be the first ones out there to learn these new platforms and try to get on them and use them and utilize them. It is, and, and I have these conversations with our clients and, and a lot of our long-standing uh, clients. They understand that some of this stuff is so brand new that when yeah. they're getting when they're getting these sales calls from some of the newest um, sales reps from this new digital platform that, hey, that sounds great, but I have an ad agency. I'll put you in touch with my ad agency so you can explain this to them and they'll tell me if this is good or not. Mm. And, and so that, that's where that's where a lot of my conversations uh, go with uh, a lot of new brands and, and so forth. And so uh, though you asked me about how do I spend my day, a lot of times I spend my day trying to see the future. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that with all these uh, changes, uh, multiple changes. Mm-hmm. So so now, can you t- think about your most memorable moment that you've had? Had a lot of them, but I have a couple. Uh, I'm going to be corny. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I love my daughter to death, and it was so awesome seeing her in, in a uh, campaign and seeing her smile and all dolled up with her getting, getting makeup and seeing that commercial run during the Texans game. That was awesome. I, I love it. I, yeah. Um, as a sports fanatic, along that same line, I've had an opportunity to work with Brian Cushing for the last six years before he retired. He was an endorsement for one of my clients. And so we did an annual campaign with him every year. And so uh, I've actually gotten to know Brian extremely well, him and, his, him and his wife. And we worked closely with him and his family to put him in a lot of commercials. And so that was memorable because I'm a huge sports fan and I got a chance Mm -hmm. to take uh, one of my favorite teams and a guy that I I really admired on the team and, and, and and actually get to know him personally. Now that is cool. That is really cool. All right. So we're at the end of this interview and I want to get to these quick hitter questions for fun for people to kind of get to know you a little bit better. But before we do that, want to see if there's anything additional that you wanted to add or anything you think I might've missed asking you. Uh, no, 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 no. We're constantly growing. We're pretty proud that we've gone from an agency where, honestly, it was just three of us when we started. Tracy and I, Tracy, my business partner, and I shared a desk when we started to where at times we've had up upwards of about 20, 20 people mm. from a, for a staff standpoint. We have a lot of contract people that also work outside of the office. We have contract writers, contract developers, and so forth that does a lot of part-time stuff. But staff-wise, that's probably been you know, one of those things that we're pretty proud of, that we've created a company that literally was nothing and to a very successful company. Well, that's, that, that's definitely a great accomplishment. Yeah. Props to you on that and love hearing the story about you getting to that stage. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's been a lot of hard work. I actually had a, a good friend of mine, really good friend of mine, just this past February, actually. Uh, we, we did a guy's trip up to Austin and it, the guys, we were just kind of hanging out. And I just told him, you know, I needed a little break just to kind of get away from work from a little bit and, and just mentally take a time out. You know, I said, sometimes it just feels hard and this and that. And he just reminded me cause he's been there with me through the entire process. He said, he said, sometimes, man, I don't even think you realize how great you, you've done. And he says, I think you need at, at, at times a time out just to kind of enjoy your own success. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I really did take the approach of kind of putting my head down and not listening to to people saying it's going to be hard or you may not make it or whatnot. And just put your head down and just 
push forward. And then I, it's one of those things I stopped and looked up. I was like, wow, wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, well, that's good. It's great to uh, smell the roses at, t- you know, at times to really just sit back and see what, what you've done. But at the same time, you're right. You're putting your head down. It's taking you to where you are now. And it's going to continue to make you and, and you squared media keep rising and uh, accomplishing a lot more. Because yeah, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of obstacles that will make anybody quit. And you yeah. know, I had some good people in my, my corner, you know, so. Great. All right. So let's get to these quick hitter questions. All right. Let's go for it. So first one, what's your favorite sports team? Uh, I'm a huge uh, Houston fan. I'm a I love baseball, football, basketball. So Houston uh, Astros, Rockets, Texans in no order. I, yep. I love all three. Got um, it. I think that one time in the year was that around October when all three teams are usually playing at the same time. That's usually yeah. the best week. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. Favorite movie or show? Uh, my favorite movie, I have two of them, actually, uh, two, whenever they come on, we stop and watch it, even if it's like for the thousandth time, uh, Boomerang, old school movie mm-hmm. with, uh, Eddie Murphy. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite, you know, funny thing. He's, he was a marketing executive in that, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and back to the future. I am a huge back to the future fan. Yeah. I remember when my mom took me to the movies to watch it in person back in the eighties. And I love it to this day. Got my kids watching it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Two classics. All right, favorite musical artist or group? Uh, I always been a Michael Jackson fan. Mm. Wish I would have been able to go to a show, and that was one of those things I just never did. Yeah, same here. I saw Prince, and I didn't get to see MJ. All right, favorite vacation spot? Uh, you know, any Latin spot to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, last couple of years have been vacationing in Honduras. And when you, you say Honduras, it's not a, a natural vacation spot like Bahamas or some something like that. Honduras actually has an island, a side of their island that is extremely rural, but it is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And one of our clients has a place out there that they've let us stay out there a couple of different times. And and it's true island life. That's what I love about it. it Wi-Fi is not great, so you have to put your phone down. Uh, you travel by boat to everywhere around the island, and the island food is is so fresh. It, I mean, the fish take and the seafood tastes like they literally brought it from sea to plate. Um, the people are great out there. Matter of fact, uh, I've been thinking about even the people out there because I've gone out there a few times in the last couple of years, how tough it probably is because they live off tourist business. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And and you're right about that. I feel like a lot of people do sleep on the Central America. There are some people that go to Costa Rica, but outside of that, the Central American in general, those those countries are just, just you can find some really hidden gems there. Panama, Honduras, Guatemala, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a... And, you know, my wife was a little nervous the first time because it was it wasn't a, a typical tourist right. spot, I should to say. They had it set up extremely well, like a traditional resort, like if you going anywhere else. But but still, it's very very much so a true island life uh, mm-hmm. where everything was shorts, tank top, t-shirt, flip flops. That's how you went to dinner, and just it was a a great pause in life. Yes. All right. All right. And last one: favorite food or drink. Ooh, I am a Pinot guy. Love wine. Uh, food. I'm really not picky. I, I'm one of those 
old school kids that when you when mom fixed dinner you ate. <laughs> so you didn't. I don't eat it all. Food. Yeah, I don't push food away. I, I'm always down for a good steak dinner. I'm from Texas, so you know I love good food. I love good food. My my wife and her family they're from Louisiana, so I'm always eating. I, you know, so. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, hey, man, this has been great. I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Is there any way that people can contact you or, or is there a website or anything for U Squared Media that they can reach out? Well, our, our website is, is U Squared Media. The U is spelled out Y-O-U squared media dot com. My LinkedIn, if you want to connect with me, is C Estes 21 uh, or just look up my name, Clarence Estes, E-S-T-E-S. Uh, and so the C Estes is my C the initial Estes E S T E S twenty one, but you can find it through my name easily. And connect. I do stay very busy, so I connect with a lot of people on social media. You can also just look me up on Facebook. I don't mind at all. Well, great. Thanks again, Clarence. This has been great. Good stuff. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. You too. Thank you, everyone. If you have any comments or questions or would like to be in the podcast, please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.